their solutions are not always coming from the top down. It's coming from bottom up and it's also coming laterally as they together imagine ways of working. This episode is brought to you by Green Skies Analytics, an audit analytics service provider that works with internal audit departments that have data analysts and are still frustrated with trying to make analytics actually work, aren't getting the expected ROI, who can't break through the communication barrier between the analysts and the audit team, and those that need experienced direction for an audit analytics strategy and process. Those that feel like they've wasted time and money on trainings, aren't getting the value they want, not prioritizing the highest risk areas for the organizations, or have projects that seemingly never get completed. Do you deal with any of that? If you do, go to the show notes of this episode and click the Green Skies Analytics link or go to greenskiesanalytics.com to schedule a call and understand how Green Skies Analytics makes analytics actually work for internal audit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Audit Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Russell. Today, our guest is Dr. Hernan Murdoch. He is the VP of Audit Content for ACI Learning, for those unfamiliar online platform for um, audit-related learning. So go check that out, ACI Learning. You can connect with Dr. Hernan on LinkedIn and follow ACI from there. The main topic, though, that we hit on is the latest book from Hernan, The Change Agent, Transforming an Underperforming Internal Audit Department. Um, I'm not going to do too much on the intro here to give too much away, but that's largely what we talk about is the book and how it is different than any other book for internal auditors that I've ever read. And so it's very unique in that way. And I will say that we did talk about, okay, what are the practical takeaways that people can apply? And there was one specific tip, I would say, that uh, was given that I've never heard before. And I thought it was very creative and, and innovative and super simple. Everybody already has the technology to do it. You literally just have to push a couple buttons really to make it work. Um, and then have your team just sit there. So it's not even crazy difficult to implement. So I'll let uh, Hernan go into details about that, but show notes uh, to check those out. There's a link to the book in there. So get it, read it and apply the other takeaways that we couldn't even get into. Uh, there's a bunch of them in there. So with that said, here we go. Hernan, what is in your internet browsing history this week? Great question. It's been a busy week. Um, a lot of the time has been spent looking at the standards, um, looking at the also the additional documents that were published by the IAA and all the implications that that carries. So we're thinking in terms of not only what it says, but what does it mean and how we are going to basically adjust to the new standards as they're coming out. Yeah. And this is from the your perspective with ACI Learning and how is it the content that you have currently out and how you're going to adapt that to the new standards or what does that look like relative to the the audit content you guys are putting out that's a big part of it so we have several courses that make reference to the standards and now that those are changing we need to decide how we're going to address the changes what is it going to how are we going to uh, convey that the standards have changed and whether we're going to re-record some episodes or some kind of a notification or awareness uh, to the viewer that that's happening um, and also just looking at courses that need to be redone entirely so it's not just episodes in some cases but the entire course so we're looking at all of those implications at the moment as well. Yeah. And the topic for the day is your latest book. And I wanted you to give us a brief description. Usually you can kind of read the title of the book and go, yeah, I know what this is about. Uh, I will say as, so I read most of my books are on my Kindle. And so I 
had my Kindle. I was looking for it um, last week or the week before. And so I searched by your name and I couldn't find it. And I was like, okay, I know I have his other books in my Kindle library. So I'll go there. I can find the author from there. Go, you know, find the book. Found it, opened it, started to read it. And within like the first three sentences, I went, I think I bought the wrong book. And so like I looked at the top <laughs> of the book, you know, like I flicked the top of the Kindle and I was like, oh, no, that's an internal honor. Her not official. I was like, no, that's right. Wait, let me double check this. And then I started to, uh, I went, let me look at the table of contents. And then I started to piece it all together. Um, so with all that said, it is a unique book for internal auditors in a very good way. Um, but I didn't want to give you a second, um, describe the book and how it is different from the typical audit book. Right. Uh, yes. So I think we can summarize it in that it is a, no a novel. Uh, it is not your traditional textbook. I've written several of those in the past, and I wanted to take a departure from that approach and to leverage storytelling, which is something that's been around for thousands of years, very effective, and a lot of fun as well. So I wanted to take on this subject of change management and how we have been talking to the profession about becoming change agents. So I said, okay, instead of just coming up with a traditional approach of here are the top 10, 15, 20 things that organizations need to do to enable change or these are the kinds of things that people have done. And here's this organization and that organization. And so I have a case study approach. I said, let's, let's make it a novel. Let's make it a story. Here's an individual who needs to become a change agent. How will this person do it? So I, I leveraged some of the change management uh, methodologies that are out there. And I looked at it from two perspectives. One of them is within the internal audit department and within the organization. So that umbrella of being a change agent how will this person become a change agent in those two contexts? And to just add a little bit of tension and, and intrigue to it, I said, okay, well, what is the what is the challenge beyond just being, being a change agent? And I said, well, this person has one year to do this. And, and these are the kinds of dynamics that we encounter in internal audit, where sometimes the audit committee basically says, okay, you have one year. And if you don't straighten this thing out, uh, we're going to outsource it. So that's basically the premise. Uh, there's one year to make the changes and go. I liked how in the table of contents, you break it out by season too. So it's summer, here's what happens, fall, here's what happens, winter, what happens. We haven't mentioned the, the title. Uh, so for those that are, we obviously, we have a link to it in the show notes, but it's called the Change Agent Transforming and Underperforming and Underperforming Internal Audit Department. I think you summarized it obviously well enough for people to know, but there's the title for those that want to go check it out. Again, the link is in the show notes. So uh, you can go get it from there also. I don't want to, I always feel bad asking authors because I know how much work and discipline it takes to write a book. I mean, by I know, I mean, I sat down for five minutes and went, nope, I don't want to do this. I don't want to write a book. Um, and so I know it takes a lot, but so I'm, I'm always hesitant to say, you know, give us the good stuff from the book uh, as a, you know, towards like someone listening going, all right, I'm not going to buy this thing. You just told me everything I need to know. But give us like a nugget or two. Like what's one good takeaway? I know you mentioned change management and obviously being a change agent, but if there was a practical takeaway that someone could go, Hernan said this and I'm going to go apply that and then hopefully they go buy the book and get all the other um, takeaways from it. But if you could give us one, what would that be? Well, um, there there are several things. But I guess one of them is, is, is the structure that I followed. You mentioned that I use the seasons just to kind of highlight the transparent, you know, the, the how time passes uh, and, and during each quarter, 
there is, uh, you know, different things that are happening. Then they go to the other committee meeting, they have their meeting, then the team gets together. So I, I embed into the story that it is a work from anywhere environment. They're not all working in an office, which is also the contemporary work style. But I also use Cutter's uh, change management model. Uh, it's an eight-step uh, methodology that's been around for a long time that uh, can be applied in both environments where you're basically going to systematically go through. And, and a big part of this is uh, creating a sense of urgency, is building your alliances, is, is uh, identifying and celebrating your short wins and, and different things that you need to do to go through that cycle. So it, it is it is not just a, a, a scattered ideas, but rather there's a systematic approach so that as they're as you're reading it, you see how the concepts would apply in an environment. And, and a big takeaway here is the fact that when we talk about change, quite often people uh, don't spend enough time thinking about the nuance about it. Right? There's the people, the processes, and then the, the technology or the tools that you're going to also uh, work with. But the people element sometimes this is neglected. People have different personalities. So when you start talking about change and in the profession, we talk about, oh, we are going to do this and we should do that and risk-based and agile and data analytics and all of these great ideas. But there are individuals who are going to be impacted by these changes. And people are not always going to embrace change the same way. Some people are going to say, oh, finally, yeah, let's go do it. Then others will say, well, let me think about that for a moment. And you have others who will basically say, I'm not going there. Sorry, I'm not going to do it. So as a leader, you also have to address those uh, reactions to, to the change initiative and how you're going to work through it. You have your staff and they report to you. As a chief audit executive, you have that leverage, let's call it that. But how do you handle that from the organization's perspective? They don't report to you. So the tools and the techniques have to be different. And all of that is built into the story as well. I think even knowing from the change management perspective, you're going to have people, like you said, that are gung-ho, let's do it. Some they're like, eh, let's give it a chance and see. And some they're just going to be like, nope, I'm not doing it. Just knowing that that is going to happen regardless of however much authority a given leader thinks they have and they go, yep, we're doing this and I expect everyone to do it. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. That's not how who we are as human beings. It, that doesn't happen. So I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. There's been, I'm glad, so uh, for those that don't know, and there's no reason anyone else would really know this, but we had to reschedule this uh, two days. So, right, we were going to do it on a Tuesday. We had to reschedule for a Thursday. I'm glad that happened because uh, Norman Marks wrote a review of your book. It was either on Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Um, have you seen it? I have not, no. Okay. Uh, no, 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 you mentioned it. I, I, it looks like. Yeah, no, I'll just pause the recording. You go read it and come back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All that to say, for those that are familiar with Norman's blog and his works, uh, he doesn't take it easy on people at all and is very, very much, if he sees something that he disagrees with, then he will absolutely point it out and um, does not care who that person is. All that to say, Hernan, I could see you, not visibly, but I could understand if you're like a little nervous. I will just summarize in one line what Norman said. He said, I give it an overall thumbs up. So he had very good reviews um, of the book, which leads me to my next question. For those that have read the book, I always think this is an interest, interesting thing about, for those that have read the book, I'm sure you had these takeaways. You're like, I'm going to write this book. People are going to get this out of it. It's going to help people in this way. 
but then inevitably people read it and maybe there's a different takeaway. So is there that you might not have imagined? Uh, I certainly get it from the show when people give me feedback. I go, had no idea it would have that impact on, you know, any particular person. So is, has there been any, any feedback that you've gotten where you went, oh, I didn't even realize that it would be seen like that? Um, great question. Um, so I, I wrote it from the perspective of, uh, you know, kind of a collection of experiences that I've had over my career and different people I've encountered and stories I have heard and things that I would imagine as I develop the personalities, the characters, right? Characters and their personalities. But the, the extent to which people say, I can see myself or I can see people that I have worked with in, in the characters. So again, I was looking at it maybe a little bit selfishly from my perspective saying, okay, this is kind of the, the aggregation of different things into this persona, that persona. And then people came back and said, oh my goodness, I can, I can, I can just kind of put names. And, and I've had that come back so many times already. So I am very gratified uh, because at the end of the day, this whole project was about a story about us. And, and a driving thought behind it was, there are so many stories about spies and detectives and, and, and policemen and, and, and lawyers. And, and these are very interesting stories. And you read novels and so on. Uh, there aren't that many, if any at all, about auditors. And I said, why not? I mean, we have a great story to tell. We, we, we have all of these very interesting experiences. And, and why is there more about us out there? So I said, well, since there is, then let me go do it. So, uh, but anyway, that, that's, that's kind of that takeaway. And, and, and it's, I'm glad because a big part of this and, and my career has been in terms of, you know, a lot of it has been as an instructor. So giving back to the profession and, and, and shit spending time with, with colleagues. So getting that reaction has been very gratifying and I'm glad that it's resonating in that way. And uh, I hope that more people do that as well, because I think that we are part of this very unique uh, network. Um, you know, a lot of people in the organization look at the auditors and go, oh, the auditors. Um, well, we know that there's a, a very interesting and exciting story to tell. It just hasn't been told. So I hope that this helps in that advocacy uh, to help turn the tide a bit and, and also to raise pride in who we are and, and that we're, you know, I like to say that we're fun people. Um, you know, uh, some people think that we're just basically sitting around with a calculator. Um, mm, we do a lot of that, yes, but that's not all by right. far. Yeah. So let, let's 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 just talk about all the other things and how we have these long and very rich stories and histories that we can share. Yeah. yeah. And probably one of the characters people could empathize with or go, yep, I know that person is the CAE John. Uh -huh. And so we, we've set it up a, a lot already, but it's a year long journey and John is a CAE and it's transforming the audit department uh, because they're at risk of being outsourced, basically. And so there's the full year on, I mean, full year that you go into. And then in, at the end, there's a preview of this is year two for John. So maybe there's another edition or the next, the next book that you're already working on maybe, but what could we expect to see in John's year two as the chief audit executive? Yes. So, um, that, that first year is, is very transformative by just setting that foundation and, and riding the ship, right? Uh, so for year two, they, they are basically cementing a lot of those practices and they're expanding. The organization is going to go through some change and they need to adapt to those as well. But uh, a big, uh, to answer your question, uh, a big add-on uh, for that second year is the adoption of artificial intelligence. It's a very hot topic at the moment. 
And we don't know a lot yet about what is going to happen in the future, of course, but there's a lot happening already. So um, what I am writing um, as far as year two is that they're going to bring it into their department as a tool and I'll work in terms of how that is going to be embedded into their practices and what does that mean? And, and similar to the first year in terms of there's that inside the department and outside the department perspective. So both, both sides will also be presented there. What they're going to do internally as a tool and then what the organization is doing within the organization itself as a part of their business model and a tool that they use to advance their business. And, and, and by the way, and by the way, the fact that we need to audit it, which again is not just oh, great tool and great thing and all the different things that you can do, but we understand that there's risk as well. So it creates value, but it also has a risk and, and exposures. So how do we bring in some of the things we know already to help the profession uh, address the need to assess artificial intelligence? And I'm, I'm imagining you're writing the book for year two, and almost every day. You're, you would have to sit there and go, all right, what's the latest news in AI? Well, let me go rewrite this chapter. I told this story a couple of weeks ago where I did a AI internal audit chat GPT session on a Wednesday. And then I said, this piece of functionality probably isn't going to exist anytime soon. Whatever it was, I think we were talking about creating images where you could just like type and say, create this image. I don't like that color, change this color and tell it and it would create it. And I was like, that's on a different system and it doesn't work that great. I couldn't get it to work that great. Uh, but it is kind of cool, just as an aside, the very next day on that Thursday, I logged in and they said, hey, we've got this now. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Uh, so, it, I mean, it, there's a lot of change that's going on. So I could see you just like every day getting frustrated going, well, that that chapter is no longer relevant or that sentence is no longer relevant. So good luck with that. Uh, we look <laughs> yes, forward to like, it there. But evolving, evolving. Theme, yeah, exactly. very quickly. Yes. Well, I'm curious then, what is, as, as someone who likes the practical how-to in books. I appreciate uh, novels. I read um, fiction every single day as well as nonfiction. Uh, So I have an appreciation for both. But I love when there is the, again, when we talk about practical takeaways on here on the show all the time, it's a common question. How can we actually do what it is we're talking about? Can it be used in that manner? Can you use it to build out a methodology for innovating in a given internal audit department? Uh, I guess, yes, definitely. So um, think. let me give you an example. So uh, we've been talking about agile auditing and it's been going on for a little while, but there are still a lot of organizations that are not doing it. Um, and of course, I, I see agile auditing and the implementation of that methodology in uh, as a matter of degrees. You, you, you can do it, you know, kind of uh, agile light, uh, and then you can have like full-blown agile and then everything. In so um, I basically said, you know, the organization is not working well. They're doing the traditional auditing approach. They're going to move into agile. And of course I introduced the concept and they go to training. So, and, and the book basically has scenes where that's what happens. They go to a training session and they're going through how they're supposed to do certain things. So it walks the, the, the staff in the department through the techniques of agile through a training session. And then after that, like it's typical in a lot of organizations that where you work from home or work from anywhere, the team gets together, goes out to dinner, and they're talking about how the training went and they kind of summarize and, 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 and chat about it. And then they have to do it, which is the, 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 the sequel to every training or the way it should be. So now they're going to implement Agile. 
So now they need to decide within the department how they're going to do it. They need to also work with the client how they're going to do it. So the, the whole story evolves in terms of all of the different things that Agile entails, but it's done in a, in, in, in a narrative format where people are discussing, they're asking, they're agreeing, they're disagreeing, they're being corrected, um, and then they're going to change their methodology. They're going to run into obstacles because some people will you know, like Agile, those who are familiar with the methodology, the client needs to be very much involved in the process. It's not just the auditor saying, okay, we need these 20 documents and we'll just go hide in the conference room. I will let you know when we need anything. It's a very engaged approach. So how do you go about talking to the client about Agile and getting them to be part of this team? Because traditionally, nobody wants to work with the auditor. So that's, a, that's one of those things about Agile that doesn't always get discussed. So how do you set up that and, and the, 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 the daily meetings and all of those arrangements? Um, so anyway, so yes, uh, it, it, it walks you through uh, how different tips, tools, techniques are adopted in a narrative format, but you can systematically travel with the characters as they make that transition as well. And you can, you can, you can extract all of these lessons. Uh, there's another thing, uh, just a little bit more specific uh, in terms of takeaways is the idea of people working you know, from anywhere, but let's say from home, and everybody's doing their own thing separately. They only come together for a meeting. And, and one of the things that I, that I added in, in there is, is this idea of collaboration where, well, why don't you just have like Teams or Zoom or something like that and you just open it up for a half hour. And what you do is people are working on their own thing, but they have it open on the side. So they can chat just like you would in a cubicle at work, right? cubicle side by side and people just working and they just turn around and say something and uh, it, it just kind of whatever, right? You're, you're in different geographic locations, but we have this tool that can become the link. And I introduced it as a way for people to build that social element within the department that is in many cases hurting and people are in many cases isolated. You can do this. You don't have to have a meeting just to have a meeting. You can have a meeting just to have company. And, and, and those dynamics I'm also embedding into the story. I embed it, I'm doing it, it's already done. Uh, so it is it's there as another tip. So there are lots of these types of things as I think about how the workplace has changed. And I'm thinking, well, what do people's lives look like? And not just presenting solutions as a long list of to-dos, but rather it just came up and the boss finds out, finds out, right? The chief executive finds out because someone just mentions, oh, we've been doing this for a little while now because we have this person over here and is kind of feeling lonely by themselves. So, hey, they came up with a solution on their own. So the solutions are not always coming from the top down. It's coming from the bottom up and it's also coming laterally as they together imagine ways of working. So all of this is built into this into this book that that uh, that kind of describes that transition. Yeah, I really like that technique. Just throw teams open, let it be open, and then if you got a question or even if you're just scrolling through the internet, the same way you would interact with anyone if you were in person, like, hey, I'm going to share, you know, in this case, hey, I'm going to share my screen, look at this video, you know, or whatever it is, even if it's not necessarily work-related. I really like that um, in the book. So I appreciate the takeaways uh, that you've given us already. That one specifically, I feel like is pretty innovative. I haven't heard that from anyone else. And so I really appreciate that. 
Is there anything else? So as we kind of close out the show, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? I think uh, just the idea of just be positive. Um, you know, th- th- there are so many things uh, within the profession. Um, well, let's, let's, let's just kind of, kind of do the onion, right? You have within the departments, there are so many things that are going on. And, and in many cases, there's a lot of stressors. Uh, we have within organizations, within the economy, with, you know, we have a lot of political dynamics, a lot of environmental dynamics, technological issues going on. I know there are a lot of people who are anxious, um, different things that are, you know, kind of these dark clouds in the horizon. Uh, so I think it's very important for us to, to remain positive and, and realize that uh, every generation has their challenges and we are all here and, and, and we're stronger because of it. So as we're dealing with all of these dynamics that in some cases may be worrisome, um, let's try to be positive and let's be kind to each other and let's support each other and uh, let's try to maintain some humor uh, in, in perspective because uh, I think we're going to be okay. But uh, I think that that positivity will go far and will help us do a better job as individuals uh, and as workers as well. Because it's not just that we're workers, we're people who work. So from that perspective, then I think that the whole person will benefit from that positivity. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.